Welcome back to an all-new episode of DirtCast. I am your host, co-host, Madeline Davies. <laughs> I am your other host and co-host, Megan Reynolds. Our guest today, I'm going to say, is an incredibly exciting one. A rare git, maybe. <laughs> yeah. She was Miss Congeniality on RuPaul's Drag Race Season 6 and was kind of the fan favorite of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 3, Miss Bendela Creme. The terminally delightful Bendela Creme. My inspiration for her comes from like Hanna-Barbera and Jim Henson. So that is coming up. Stay tuned or be out and be left out of the conversation. Uh, but first, Megan, yeah. how are you hanging in this morning? Oh my God, I'm doing just great. Because I finally fucking started watching Vanderpump Rules. I had a note that said, <laughs> ask Megan about Vanderpump Rules. So you started with season one. I did. I was told by many people to start with season one. I was grateful to find out that season one is only 10 episodes. Yeah, it's pretty compact. Which is great. But I, boy, do they fit a lot of those 10. Do they ever? I've only seen two thus far because there is really... Only so much uh, stuff my constitution can take at, like, 9 p.m. See, I'm the opposite. I'm just like, lay it all on me. <laughs> well, I just, like, I'll, like, start to fall asleep. Like, I mean, fall asleep yeah. not because of the show, but just because You're I— I'm, And it's not—no, my God, <laughs> I would be dead if I was falling asleep during that show. No, I fall asleep because, you know, I'm tired. Yeah, it's the end of the Life day. Life is hard. Can you tell me some of your initial impressions of— my favorite, least favorite people in the entire sure. world. Okay, so Tom Sandoval, his hairline distresses me. I think it's weird that he shaves his forehead. Sheena is one of the stupidest people I've ever had the pleasure of watching on television. Correct. Stasi is certainly Satan. I mean, she admits it herself she does. in episode one. She does. <laughs> An iconic moment during which I screamed. She's terrifying. Jax worries me. Just like... In general. Any man who wears a cow, like an unbuttoned cowl neck sweater without a shirt <laughs> under it that much is like troubled. I don't know. Well, he also, he's still, I mean, the show was shot like, when did it start? 2013, 2014, right. something like that. Yeah. He's still wearing diesel jeans. Yeah. Which I found very impressive. But he's also older than all of them. He's like 30. He's like 30 something. He's in his 30s. Yeah. He's Stassi, I think, is 23. She says that multiple times because yeah. the second episode, which I just watched, was the one where they're on the gay pride float. Oh, yeah. She says a lot of like, you are a 30 year old man. Yeah. Or she's like, I am 23. Like, I shouldn't have to put up with this. And I'm like, wow, you're so young. I know. Now, seeing who, um, the fuck is Lisa's dog's name? Is it Giggy or is it <laughs> Jiggy. Jiggy? It's Jiggy with a G. Yeah. It's short for Jiggle. Oh. <laughs> Also, that's just one of them. Okay, well, I've only met Jiggy. Yeah. He does not look okay. He isn't okay. He has alopecia. <laughs> is that why he's always wearing shirts? Yeah, because <laughs> they've shown him a couple times, like, without With, the like, clothes naked. on, and you're like, oh, put it back on. Jiggy looks like he Lisa, wants— Lisa, I support your right to, like, dress <laughs> your dog better than your poor housekeeper, who <laughs> I think lives in your oh closet. I don't know. Jiggy looks like he needs—he, like, desperately wants to be somewhere else— um, her husband is incredible. Her event planner, Kevin? Uh, Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee <laughs> is amazing. Yeah. Every person on that show is a special kind of disaster. Yeah. How are you, Maddie? 
I am kind of feeling the winter blues. Mm. I woke up today and I just was kind of like, oh, I'm awake again. Yep. So that's kind of it. There's more snow coming maybe. Yeah. So I'm feeling like not depressed, but Mm -hmm. just sort of like sloggy. I would be happy to submerge my body in like a warm body of water, like Mm -hmm. on a beach somewhere. But I don't, that's not in the cards for a minute. Yeah. I just want like a spring day. Oh, that would be nice. You know? Yeah. Someday where it's like, oh, it's 50 degrees and the sun is out. I wouldn't even be mad if my allergies activated because yeah. I would know that like summer was on its way. Plus then it's the launch of horny time. Ah, yes. Horny time. Mm, that's um, true. Which our former colleague Dana Evans wrote a great piece about it. You should just Google it. Just Google Dana Evans horny time. Yeah, that's a good Google about search. How it's like the first warm weekend of the year is the start of uh, horny time. It which is. is a season that lasts until it's like too hot to touch. It's a very specific amount of time. Yeah. Everyone's showing off their bods a little yeah, more. Yeah, everyone's bods are not tan or hard as they would like, but they're, they're out. Sex parts are coming out of hibernation. Yeah. <laughs> Peeling back the blankets. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Squinting at the light. Let's talk about the dirtiest dirt of the week. I noticed a theme with our dirtiest dirt items is that this is a rare incidence, I think, when politics and celebrity will be discussed in equal measure, sort of, on sort this. Sort of. Kind well, of, I mean, like, that's adjacent. The, that's the unfortunate, one of the many unfortunate parts of this administration. Is it's you true. can't really have one without divide the other. them. It's true. So, Donald Trump Jr., who is the brown-haired son of the president. The brown-haired one. He's the hunter. He's a, yeah. Is he, like, the one who, like, trophy hunts, yeah. like endangered elephants. Yeah, he's the brown-haired one, because the other one is slightly plumper. Eric. Eric. And, Eric yeah. Trump. <laughs> and Eric. His, his features are all, like, occupy the same two square inches of his face. Yeah, he's a clam. Eric. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're not talking about that one. No, we're talking about Don Jr. Don, Don, Don Jr. Um, he and his wife, Vanessa, are getting a divorce. Good for you, girl. Get out. Bye. And then the news broke on Monday that he apparently had an affair with Aubrey O'Day. (laughs) Aubrey O'Day of Danity Kane fame. Yes. And Uh, the Celebrity Apprentice, but first and foremost, Danity Kane. Yes. In my Uh, mind. Yeah. Which was formed on uh, making the band. Yes, it was. Um, So they are, it came to light that they had an affair This groundbreaking news was published in Us Weekly. They met apparently on the set of the fifth season of The Celebrity Apprentice Mm -hmm. in 2011. Us Weekly source says, when it started, they were very serious all of a sudden. He told her it was over with his wife, that they were separated, and he didn't love her, all of that stuff. They always do that. Yeah. Aubrey fell for him hard. She thought they were going to be together for real. And then they ended their affair in March 2012 because Vanessa found emails between Don Jr. and Aubrey. They reconciled, like, they got back together, but now they're getting divorced. And now we know that fucking Aubrey O'Day, like, had sex. Worked. Donald Trump Jr., which Isn't is it? so sick. Isn't it weird to think that, like— Polly D and Don Jr. are like are, a step away from each other. Oh, yee, gross. Super gross. Yes. I don't like that. I did not think about that. Now it's all I'm thinking about. 
Yeah. And I might have to take the day off tonight. <laughs> I don't know. I have to take a silkwood shower. <laughs> um, um, that's fucking disgusting. The And amazing. Also, it's weird because she is not weird because I guess like the Trumps kind of were Democrats until it stopped suiting them. Yeah. But like Aubrey O'Day is like a pretty outspoken Democrat. Yeah. I mean, who's to say if she votes? I mean, but God like knows. she like Instagrammed and tweeted a lot about how much she loved Obama. Right. But yeah, she also like wrote a song about him, maybe. She did. It's called DJ. Not about Obama, about Don Jr. About Don Jr. It's called DJT. <laughs> um <laughs> it's I can subtle. it's real yep, really subtle. It's from her album Between Two Evils. I mean, you all own it. It's a very it's a really good song. Um, it is not. That is a lie. There is like a weird spoken word voicemail situation in the beginning. You can say it was all a fucking fairy tale or you can say it was real, but I need to know. And you know. And then this is apparently how the song ends. I can't believe that this was all a lie. You have to tell me that you love me. I don't. Because you're fucking pain in my ass. Tell me you love me and I won't talk to you anymore. I'll leave you alone. But it doesn't matter. It can't matter. The truth will only kill us both. You have to say it once to yourself and to me, and then I'll go. I love you. Talk to you later. <laughs> Talk to you later. <laughs> like, oh my God. All of this over Donald Trump Jr. I That's don't, because you're a fucking pain in my ass. So gross. I cannot wait to see what other skeletons tumble out of various closets. Let's see. Some great political news that also has to do with culture is the fact that Miranda, Cynthia Nixon, Nixon. <laughs> is running for governor of New York. Yay. Yay. Hi. I, um, this is like a rare celebrity turned politician that I'm not super upset by. I'm, yeah. Like, I think I'm very in line with her politics for the most yeah. part. I mean, a lot of, so she announced this on Monday. Yeah. And with a very well-produced two-minute-long video that I watched four times. It's like just that clip from Sex and the City where she's wearing overalls and gets mm -hmm. catcalled. That's that. what it is. And where are you going, doll? I got what you want. I got what you need. You talking to me? Oh, we got a live one, boys. You got what I want? You got what I need? Uh-huh. Well, what I want is to get laid. What I need is to get laid. I need to get laid. Take it easy, lady. I'm married. I'll talk and no action, huh? What a gabon. It's that for two minutes on a loop. <laughs> no, get out of here. <laughs> no, she's like, she's with her child. She's talking about how she cares about New York State and children and also fixing the subways and how she's a lifelong New Yorker and all this other stuff. New York is where I was raised and where I'm raising my kids. I'm a proud public school graduate and a prouder public school parent. I was given chances I just don't see for most of New York's kids today. Our leaders are letting us down. We are now the most unequal state in the entire country, with both incredible wealth 
and extreme poverty. It makes you really believe her. Yeah. And I actually do believe her. Also, I do. the person who, like, filed her paperwork was Zephyr Teachout, oh, who was, uh, ran against Cuomo, mm-hmm. I think, in the last the election yeah. and for, like, the Working Families Party, mm-hmm. and she's pretty rad. So, yeah, Miranda is running for governor. I'm I, sure she loves just being, being referred Miranda. to as Miranda. I mean, it, it get, I let everybody get it out of their she system, She was also Cynthia. in At the World's End. Oh, I and didn't. Amadeus? But yeah, I think this is, uh, yes, you're right. Now that everybody, I mean, not to say that everybody couldn't be a politician, but now that there is a precedent set for celebrities doing this um, right. in a very big way, I think that Cynthia Nixon running for governor of New York will be a fun thing to watch. Yeah, there could be worse. It could be a lot worse. It could be Anthony Weiner. It could be Anthony Weiner. It could be like me. <laughs> I don't know if I would vote for you. No, why would you? <laughs> Jesus Christ, I wouldn't vote for me. I was just, I was going to say, I'd vote for you. No, and you I wouldn't. thought about it for a second no. and I was like, I really no don't think I would. No one in their right mind would fucking vote for me. That would be the most ludicrous thing I could do. Um, our final item is a little band, a girl, a girl group. A good group. A good group called Fifth Harmony. They are no longer any harmonies. They're no more. The harmonies have stopped harmonizing. And they've split off. The Fifth Harmony became zero harmonies. Well, it already was like on the down oh, right. slope since Camille, Camilla Cavello. Mm-hmm. That she quit. She did. Oh, like a while ago. Mm-hmm. And then like the rest of the four, the four harmonies, harmonies were like really salty about it. And right. I think like one of their aunts kept like making really <laughs> shitty comments about Camilla Cabello, <laughs> which is weird because she's the only successful one. Yeah, she's outside Havana, of the harmonies. Havana's a great song. Really love that song. I don't know. It was only a matter of time. It was, but now they are done, and I'm sure they will all attempt to launch solo careers. None will be as successful as Camilla's, I don't think. I mean, that's how it goes. It's true. It's true. I think I would actually really excel as, like, a lesser member of a— Of a girl group? Yeah, or just, like, you know, I could really be, like, a Chris Kirkpatrick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is he the one with the dreads? Braids. Oh, sorry. Whatever. <laughs> with, like, the hair. Yeah, I think—or, like, you know, like an A.J. McLean to sort of, like— Make my money and then <laughs> disappear. That's kind get a of, condo by a mall in Orlando. Yeah. That's kind of the dream, though, because you just sort of like you do it, and it's like fun to hell. It's like on a grade, a scale of like fun to like terrible. Right. And then when it's all over, you're like, oh, I still have this money. Like, yeah. I mean, ideally, you have the money. Ideally, ideally, you didn't like spend it on like flatware. But it's like, oh, like, you want to like get a repair on your beach house? Like, just go to a convention and sign some autographs. Yeah, super easy. Because there's always going to be that one girl who's like, I, you were my favorite AJ. Right. Who like still has like wallpaper with your face on it in her yeah. adult home. I could see that for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Anytime. One of the first penises I ever saw was AJ uh, McLean. <laughs> well, kind of. <laughs> what? It was. It was a picture of AJ uh, blown up. Like, it was, like, Like, a picture uh of AJ shirtless, and someone had photoshopped, like, a huge porn (laughs) dick on him. Um, Because I I feel like I've maybe... In middle school, my best friends were BSB fans. Mm. I was... Edgy, and I liked Blink One Eighty Two. Oh wow, yeah, that is that is an edgy choice. I know. Give it. <laughs> Look yeah. out, everybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, it like so it was like their thing, and I wasn't really into them, right? But they 
Evan picked the two weirdest ones as like their favorite. Who's the other one? Howie Doru. What? Yeah. Howie? <laughs> Ew. But my friend who loved AJ like uh-huh. Googled like AJ naked and it was just like <laughs> a huge <laughs> dick just slapped on him. <gasps> and I remember us being like, is oh. it? Is it is it really is that real? And like, it's like no, it was not. <laughs> no, it was not. That is wow. What a form what a what a special memory for I'll you. never forget. I how could you? It sounds traumatic. Yeah, because so, then my friend said it as my other friend's desktop as a <laughs> prank. Um, so yeah, Fifth Harmony is no more. So people are gross, lots of other things. I don't know. So the, I feel like things have been like slow. Yeah, I saw something about um, Iggy Azalea, like, left-eyed Nick Young's shit. What? She, like, started his shit on fire when she found out he cheated. Oh, my God. Left eye famously. Right. Burned her boyfriend's house down. She did. She sure did. But that was, like, kind of crazy. But then I'm also, like, it's anything Iggy Azalea sort of, like. (laughs) I mean, I have no, I have no, like, Iggy Azalea, like, I can't with her. Photoshop a penis on her and then maybe (laughs) I'll have something to say. Doesn't she? Just kidding. Please I, don't. Please don't do that. Um, oh <laughs> the internet God. is horrible enough to move in. Don't do it, that. Don't send it to us. <laughs> Great. I- <laughs> Thrilled and ecstatic and very happy to be here with Ben de la Creme, Miss Congeniality from RuPaul's Drag Race Season 6 and RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 3. Ben, thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Hi. How are you? Let's start this off by just, let's just talk about All-Stars. I would like to discuss first and foremost the self-elimination. Which of your all-star teammates have you chosen to get the chop? This is the easiest choice that I have had to make this entire season. I'm going home. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know something about this was going to come up probably or... (laughs) It's like a fairly safe bet that even if somebody is just like walking up to me in the airport, oh they're going to bring it up. So yeah, Jesus, just, has that been has that happened? Oh my god, yes. Oh. I definitely get a lot of people coming up and like right now. The first thing they want to tell me about is whatever their opinion is Ooh. on Ooh. my self elimination. Oh, and I'm like, hi, what's your name? Ooh. Oh god, <laughs> that sounds terrible. It's like you're not like a real person. You're just like an avatar for what their hopes and drag dreams are. Well, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense with like how we consume television mm-hmm. and relate to reality television people as characters. But I always hope to encourage people to know that we are like fully fleshed humans walking through the world. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I did see a really cute video from a Seattle, like a theater. Dave was doing a live watch and just the noise from the self elimin <laughs> like when the self elimination happened was deafening. Yeah. I I screamed yeah. personally while I was watching it. Where did you get the whiteout that you used to cross out the name on whatever lipstick it is you had chosen and write your own? Um, Thorgy paints her fingernails with whiteout. <laughs> 
Yeah. Of course she does. That's like a very like study <laughs> hall Of course move, she does. You know? <laughs> Trixie answered the same question in an interview at some point. Somebody said, where did Ben get the yeah. white out? And Trixie said something like, uh, Thorgy paints her fingernails with white out because she is a disgusting dumpster person <laughs> or something. Now, I would never say something like that, but I can quote Trixie. Yeah, you would repeat someone saying something like that. Ooh, that's nice. I'm just giving you a press quote. Oh, thank, thank you, you so yeah. much. And that's, that's what I wanted. That's what we're here for. For, yeah, so we're here. Thank you. We're here for like a secondhand uh, scoop. Yeah, I want something <laughs> that I probably could have found had I like done like five minutes more research. So Thorgy had this whiteout, and I just remembered. You know, she was obviously back for the episode, and right. I just remembered that on episode two she was painting her nails with whiteout, mm-hmm. and I was like oh, I wonder if she still has that in her bag. And she did. Of course she did. And so uh, from what I've read, I read your interview with with Vulture. And so what it sounds like is that no one really knew. You knew that you no. were going to do it, obviously. Like a producer? Yes, no? No, not beforehand. I mean, uh, I you know, I did it on camera. We have to go select those lipsticks. So I hid the whiteout and the Sharpie in my bra and then, you know, you have to go up and do a bunch of hand acting while you're uh, selecting your your, <laughs> lips, your lipstick so that they can film you, like, really, like, drumming your nails and just really <laughs> thinking about it. Um, and oh, so Christ. in that – and the only people that are in the room at that time are the other eliminated queen who's standing behind you and can't really see what you're doing. Right. And then one camera person mm. and then uh, the – I, I don't want to use the wrong – title because I don't always understand all the people's like specific jobs. Um, I'm going to say the director, which is what I kind of think of him as. But so you're basically just in the room with two people who are actually watching what you're doing. Okay. And, you know, I'm sure that camera feed, there's, you know, I picture in my brain, there's this whole kind of like secret layer somewhere. Like it really looks like a James Bond layer to me. Like there's like a big, a big black shiny table and a bunch of people (laughs) in like dower suits seated around it all watching monitors. So that's what I think. A shark tank. um, So whoever, yeah, whoever those people were, they, you know, obviously knew, but they didn't, um, you know, I think people are trying to get real reactions in real time. So whatever like people had that information only had it because they saw me do it. And mm-hmm. I don't think it went beyond whoever those people are. I also envision there is some sort of HQ situation where like all of the cameras and all of the feeds are just like streaming in and someone like, is just watching. Very Hunger Games. Know, yes. just- <laughs> like a Hunger Games vibe. That's what oh, I that's was also exactly picturing. exactly how I picture it. And <laughs> it's really weird because, you know, as a contestant on a reality television show, you don't know. You don't like know all the things going on. And I tend to be so in my own head, like in terms of just, I'm like really focusing on what I'm doing and the challenges while I'm there. So like, Mm. I tend to not even have like a strong concept of what's going on in the same room as me behind the cameras, because I'm just really focused on what I'm doing. But there's always like a room full of people with like, you know, clipboards and a million things. So I actually have some questions sort of about the logistics of shooting can you tell us like where do you sleep like how often do you guys see each other like they say that there's a challenge every week but are you actually doing it 
Is One like, a day, but, you know? So an episode basically takes two days to film. Mm. And you film five days a week. So when we're like, oh, well, you know, last week so-and-so went home and I had a really rough week, but this week I'm, like, ready to rise to the challenge. You're actually talking about, like, mm-hmm. you know, eight hours ago. Um, oh, my God. So Amazing. there's a level of, I think... You know, because of all those various elements, because you're working very hard, very quickly, and you're, you know, it's like one challenge after the next, you know, there's not a lot of sleep involved because there are very long shooting days. And then a lot of time you go Mm -hmm. back to the hotel. I mean, that Julie Andrews thing, I am not a dancer. I did not sleep that (laughs) night. I like, you know, (laughs) I stayed up and did that like, you know, four, eight counts or whatever it was like over and over again until we had to go in and film again. So everybody's totally nuts. You know, you don't have any of your normal kind of, you know, contacts in the world. So I think a lot of time when people are like, this person acted like this and this, you know, person had this moment. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. well, we're not exactly at our best at all of those Yeah, times. right. Everyone's exhausted. You know? You're Everybody's, not like a full person. Right. We're all really trying to like navigate just a lot of various things that the audience at home doesn't necessarily think about, even if they're on some level aware of it. Yeah, that's something I was kind of thinking about while I was watching season six, and I was thinking about how, you know, while this is more of like a talent-based reality show than a lot of things, like it's still a reality show. Yeah. I'm wondering how that feels to like watch those edits. Do you feel like you get a friendly edit? Do you feel like it's fair? Particularly on your elimination episode, it seemed like you were eliminated more for TV than for actual talent. Oh, on season but six, maybe you mean? Just me. In season, in season six. six yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I don't pretend to know what is going on behind the scenes or in the judges' minds. You know, I mean, at the time, my elimination on season six, like, I didn't, I felt like I was missing something, I guess, for lack of a better explanation. I was mm. really worried about it because I was waiting to see it on TV. And I was like, oh, when I see it on TV, I'll see whatever big mistake I made that I didn't know about, you know. And then when it aired, oh, I, didn't sure. really, I didn't really see it. And then when other people didn't see it either, that was, you know, that right. was sort of... um cathartic thing. But the thing with editing is that I feel like people want to think about it in this really black and white way where it's like, oh, they got a good edit or oh, they got a bad edit. But it's not that it's not the truth. It's that it's not the whole truth. We all have a lot of good and bad qualities. And when you're condensing two days down to, you know, however many, you know, an hour minus commercials or whatever, Mm -hmm. then there's only so much story that can go in there. So you're never going to get the whole truth. And I think viewers just have to remember that whether you come out looking like an angel or a devil, we're all actually just like whole people. And y'all probably have a little devil and angel in you too. So (laughs) Certainly Oh, not me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm No, no, no. So so when, when you watched... Like your season or this past season of All Stars, was there stuff that you saw in like the final package that you weren't like that you didn't see or that you weren't aware of um, while you were actually filming? Like, were there any surprises, I guess? It's mostly just a thing of like, which stories do they go with? Because there's a hundred stories going on at any given moment. And so it's just Mm -hmm. they can only select a few. It's less about being surprised about what's there and more about finding out what isn't there, 
if that makes mm. sense. I mean, a lot of the narratives that were going on between other people, I was not fully aware of, but they also didn't, they didn't surprise me because, you know, we're all a bunch of drag queens in a room. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would say that, for instance, Milk got so much flack this season for her confessionals. Now, I didn't see any of her confessionals. We're mm -hmm. not around each other for any of that. We don't know what we say in private. But what I do mm -hmm. know is that Milk is a very sweet person who's very loving and caring, very generous. And seeing those confessionals does not affect my feelings about that. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. I know what it is to be a part of this experience. So I was surprised at the way that Milk came off and was presented. It didn't shift my perspective about my friend. Totally. I mean, and just like any reality show, it's a pressure cooker. Mm -hmm. You know, people mm -hmm. are, are, if anything, set up to not be their best because as you mentioned, you are tired and you're isolated and yeah. you're in this weird situation that, I don't know, I feel like I talk so much shit, like, on a good day. <laughs> Same. That I, imagine, <laughs> that I imagine, like, Fuck. if someone was recording me and Ugh. I was tired, <laughs> no one would be my friend I ever would be, again. Someone would have certainly kidnapped and tried to kill me by now, so, yeah. That's an interesting thing, is, like, what choices do you make, too, about what you say and don't say? And it's interesting the way people react to that. You know, it's like... People get mad if somebody just spoke their mind and like said, you know what I mean? Like, like people were angry that milk wasn't more filtered. And then people get angry if you're also, if you think about what you're going to say, you know, like I was actually, one thing right. I was shocked by was Shangela's um, sort of response. And, you know, Shangela and I are good friends and again, doesn't mm -hmm. affect your personal relationships really. But I was surprised that Shangela seemed to think I was, Miss Bendela Creme playing games, you know, like this kind oh, of right. uh, th this yeah. sort of thing of being disingenuous. And something I think is interesting because you brought up, you know, talking shit all the time on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. It's not like yeah. I don't get super angry and bitter and like sad and whatever on a day to day basis. But I tend to think that as a public figure, I want to model the behavior I think we should all strive for. And because I do make my choices and how I talk and what I say when I'm on television, because I actually don't think we should be a country full of people who just say whatever they think and get praised for it, i.e. the President of the United <laughs> States of America. I don't know. It's an interesting thing. People are like, oh, that's very calculated. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe we could mm -hmm. all stand to choose our words a little bit better when we're speaking publicly, right. you know? It's sort of charming that you say that because that kind of strikes me of uh, Della as well. I feel like she is like a very sweet mm -hmm. person and who like is very thoughtful of other people's feelings mm -hmm. and yeah you know it's it's interesting because there's like three people going on here right there's Dela right. who's my character she's got dimension but she's essentially you know I think of her more of a cartoon or a muppet than I do like a right you know what I mean <laughs> um like it's all this kind of very heightened like you know I mean my inspiration for her comes from like Hanna-Barbera and Jim That's Henson amazing. rather than you know so so, um, I can see it so much now. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so there's so I there's that, that element to her, and then there's me in my day to day life in private and with my close friends, and then there's me as I want to represent myself on television, and those are all separate things, and they're mm -hmm. also all true things. My character Dela has this kind of like ditzy 
positive, like constantly positive attitude. And part of the reason for that is the way that I employ her when I'm writing my work out in the world, you know, because I write a lot of narrative stuff. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and she's always the foil, like she's always the one who doesn't get the darker aspects of humanity and has to like learn a lesson over the course of 70 minutes or whatever, you know, (laughs) right. one. My name is Bendela Krem, and I'm 31 years old. Bendela Krem. Yes, Dela for short, Duh for shorter, Miss Krem if you're nasty. But it's weird because you set that up, you know, you want to set that up on reality TV so that people know who they're going to be seeing when they come to see these shows. Just a lot of different layers of things that are hard to necessarily construe from the confines of the show. Yeah, yeah of course. It would be impossible to be like all of the facets one person makes up on a television show. Yeah. Like, I describe my character as terminally delightful. I never describe Mm. myself that way. I am, like, (laughs) fully, like, realist slash verging on pessimist. And I have a relationship to that positivity and, like, striving to be kind and better. But, you know, a lot of times people are like, oh, you know, Ben says they're this and Ben says they're that. And I'm like, well, I actually say Dela is that. I actually don't claim to be that. It's funny because I describe myself as an upbeat nihilist. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, I like that. I need to discuss the look that you wore in the finale of All Stars. Oh, um, yeah. Starting with that goddamn hat, which was amazing. <laughs> Walk me through, like, what were your options? Why did you pick the hat and that little sort of jumpsuit situation? I loved it. I need more. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> it was it was literally just because, you know, we prepare for... They give you a list of, like, potential runways before the show, you know? Mm. So the Red for Filth one yeah. was something... You know, and oh, and they're right. they're potential. Like you don't you don't know. Right. When I started preparing to go to All Stars, a look that I've been obsessed with for a very long time. I mean, this whole segment. It's uh this uh film called What a Way to Go, which is like this incredible mid century, you know, smorgasbord of like Edith Head mm-hmm. costumes. And there's this whole segment in it where it's like three minutes of basically the most ridiculous Edith Head just doing whatever she wants to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. One of the outfits is this insane ostrich. It's like a dress, but it's got that crazy hat, but it's an orange. And mm-hmm. it's just like this big, insane, oh crazy God. orange hat that uh, that Shirley MacLaine is wearing. And... I've wanted an excuse to recreate that because ostrich feather is so stupidly expensive. And I was like, well, if we're going on Mm. TV, we can spend the money. So at the last minute, we got the red for filth assignment. And I was like, okay, send back all the orange feathers. We're getting red feathers. (laughs) Um, That's where it came from. But then somebody pointed out online that it actually looks like the puppet that a door made for me on season six, (laughs) which is like, you know, a bunch of red turkey feathers bouncing around on my head. And they're right. And I wish I could claim that that was true. I wish I could claim that that was why that happened. Oh, my God. It does. Holy shit. That's amazing. That's incredible. I I couldn't believe that a door pulled 
that great impression just like out of her hat. Maybe I should do this, but it's kind of like if I do it, it's like gonna happen. Like, I'm like, just fucking do it. No, it was really good. I mean, but that's the other thing, right? Is that like my character voice and my normal speaking voice are so different. And it was like, they I are, never, right? yes. people usually sort of imitate my character voice. And when she did that, I was like, what is this? I don't get it. And then I watched it on TV and I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, that is how exactly oh. how I talk. It's very oh, that's weird. that's just me. <laughs> it's very weird to learn about your own speech patterns through <laughs> watching confessionals on television. I mean, as someone who has to listen to her own mm-hmm. voice on this <laughs> podcast all the time. I want to die once a week. I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll never talk again. Oh, I want to ask briefly about the lip syncs. Mm-hmm. Are they as stressful as they seem? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> How, like, how would you prepare? So they give you, like, a little, you have, like, a little iPod with, like, <laughs> maybe 20 songs that might be lip syncs on your season. Oh, wow. And, you know, I mean, different girls have this skill in different ways. Like, I know people mm. who can listen to one of these songs and instantly know every lyric. I am mm. not that person. So I have gotcha. to just constantly have it playing on repeat all the time and just hope to oh God Lord. that the, you know, three songs I've been drilling into my head are the ones they choose. So God. fortunately, Anaconda was one of the most challenging ones of the season. So we, you, and we get good. there a few days in advance. So that was the one that I just happened to be focusing on over and over. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, if this one comes up, this is the one that's going to be the hardest. Um, and then right. there you go. It was the first one. And then I was never as prepared for lip sync ever again. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully like you never have to be. <laughs> there were to be a season of All-Stars that is like people who didn't make it on like All-Stars 1, 2, or 3 and then like queens from other seasons. Would you like, would you participate in this ever again, do you think? I mean, I no, I don't think so. But I said that after my season, before I did this, you know? So it's like, who knows? You know, I never, in general in my life, I try not to say never, um, even though sometimes I do, and then it turns out I'm wrong, which is why then I try again not to say never. (laughs) (laughs) So that does kind of lead to the question, what is next for Bendela Creme? Yeah. Um, Well, I am really focusing on continuing to tour uh, my last uh, one-woman show, which is called Inferno A Go-Go, which is based on Dante's Inferno. And Oh, my God. um, (laughs) Great. Yeah, so it's this adaptation of of Dante's Inferno, but it's all, like, me playing the multiple characters and, like, you know, puppets and all these things to kind of... (laughs) Puppets! To to kind of fill out all the the characters that you meet in hell. Oh, my God. And it's... I mean, it's basically... I mean, right, this is... The best employment of this character that I'm talking about. You know, it's it's Benelcrem, yeah. this eternal ditzy optimist going descending into hell in Dante's footsteps, and then having to like make sense of the fact that all these people are, you know, are being judged. And I mean, a lot of the, you know, I mean, it's all done through like very, you know, campy jokes and songs and stuff. But the at the heart of it, it's a show about the question of is there objective morality how do you you know how do you decide what's right and wrong and and how do you deal with what other people decide is right and wrong which mm-hmm. i had no idea when i went on the show that that is so much mm-hmm. of what my experience would be but now it's like oh this is actually very relevant to what my all stars experience was <laughs> wow so it's yeah. amazing <laughs> you really aren't ready to let it go yet <laughs> yeah it's like more effective than ever <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you are a class act and you're so talented. It's true. And it was just such a pleasure to get to talk to you. Thank you guys. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to Dirtcast, and thank you very much to Ben Creme. Our show is produced by Levi Sharp. Majin Mofidi is our executive director of audio. Our theme music is by Stuart Wood. This episode was mixed by Jamie Colazzo. And if you want to send us a tip or just let us know what you think, hit us up at dirtcast at jezebel.com. And you can find us on Spotify, NPR One, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. <laughs>